Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Lobo's Weekly Recap Podcast. I hope everyone had a safe and fun 4th of July, and we've got a lot of news to catch up on. I'm Kyle, Editor-in-Chief, and today we'll be talking about yesterday's rally with Parkland shooting survivors, stolen property at UNM, a class action lawsuit against UNM, and a quick update on athletics, including Robert Mailer's exclusive interview with head Lobo soccer coach Jeremy Fishbein. Megan, Shayla, and Danielle covered the gathering at Roosevelt Park yesterday, where both local youth activists and survivors of the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting called for people to change policies surrounding gun violence. What can you tell us about yesterday? Around 200 people showed up at the peak of the rally, although 500 RSVP'd on Facebook. The gathering was jointly organized by March for Our Lives and New Mexicans to prevent gun violence. Other groups with similar platforms helped organize the event. Volunteers with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America and Every Town for Gun Safety had booths with pamphlets and email lists to recruit new members. Albuquerque was one of many stops for the Stoneman Douglas students. They kicked off their nationwide tour, Road to Change, in June. On the road, the students led rallies raising awareness of their story and setting up voter registration. How did this event compare to other March for Our Lives events? What was the energy like? So this proceeding was way smaller than we expected, and it's a lot smaller to similar events that have happened in Albuquerque. The energy was really high here, and there was a lot of artwork on display, a lot of music and food, and at one point there was merchandise being sold for March for Our Lives, and I really felt it was trying to appeal to a younger crowd. Some of the students there included Bernalillo High School students who painted a mural on behalf of New Mexicans to prevent gun violence. Anything else that you really wanted to say, Shayla? It was moving to see how the Parkland kids interacted with the public and the press. I felt like they really brought our community together over gun violence, which is a really serious issue here in Albuquerque. I actually got to have a one-on-one interview with Emma Gonzalez, a really outspoken Parkland student. Despite being so young, she carried herself very well and was very well-spoken. Here's a clip from that. No, we can't arm the world. We can't build our country out of Kevlar. At the end of the day, it's very simply expensive. If we invested in violence interrupters and if we invested in the other policy points that are on our website, it's a lot easier, a lot cheaper, and it's a lot simpler at the end of the day, and it hurts a lot less people. Thank you, Megan. In the past couple of weeks, stories have emerged around UNM's missing and stolen goods. An initial story first reported the value of the stolen or lost property totaled $7 million. Our reporting found that figure to be incorrect. Anthony Jackson examined UNM inventory spreadsheets, and we determined the value of stolen goods was just under $3 million. Before depreciation, the combination of time and use, Anthony Jackson reported and Michaela has the story. UNM is home to more than 46,000 cataloged items totaling to more than $200 million in value. In the past two years, about 700 of the items became obsolete, damaged, or repurposed and are removed from the catalog. 96 items are listed as missing or stolen. All items are kept track of by UNM's purchasing department. The business officer for inventory control, Alina Lopez, says, quote, equipment can't last forever, and this is how we deal with it. End quote. UNM initially spent $2.7 million on the removed items deemed obsolete. Due to depreciation, those items are now valued at $84,000. Most of the missing and stolen items are electronics such as laptops and tablets. 
They are currently valued at $19,000 after depreciation. Every department is required to conduct an audit of their inventory. All audits are then submitted to the University Purchasing Department. Patrick Burwinkle, a UNM Inventory Control Manager, says, quote, It's really the department's responsibility to keep track of their assets. We do the inventory audits to help the departments verify that they have their assets, end quote. Check out the full story by Anthony Jackson in the most recent print issue of the Daily Lobo or at dailylobo.com. Thanks, Michaela. This week, the Daily Lobo published Megan's story on professors suing the UNM Board of Regents over the results of an Equal Employment Opportunity Commission investigation. Megan, what's the complaint? Three UNM professors, Melissa Axelrod, Gail Houston, and Julie Shigakuni, are suing the UNM Board of Regents for paying them statistically less than their male counterparts. The professors are suing for back pay, interest, and damages, based on a letter sent to them by the EEOC. Back in 2011, the EEOC opened an investigation into pay disparities between genders. They notified UNM of their findings in the 2016 determination letter and requested action. In June 2017, letters were sent to female professors stating how much money UNM owed the professors. Now, how much money is said to be involved? According to the EEOC, UNM owes Axelrod a little over $106,000. Houston is owed about $1,500. And UNM owes Shigakuni $43,000. According to the three professors willing to step forward, about 12 other professors also received letters from the EEOC but did not sign on to a lawyer for fear of losing their jobs or other forms of retaliation. And how were those figures calculated? These figures were calculated during the EEOC's investigation initiated in 2009. These numbers only include money owed to the woman between 2007 and 2014. The calculation stops at 2014. Not because UNM started paying professors the same amount, but because it was the end of the EEOC investigation. Now, what has the university said about all this? Cinnamon Blair, the chief marketing and communications officer for UNM, says that she nor President Stokes can comment on pending litigation. According to David Plotsky, the lawyer representing the professors suing UNM, no gag order has been placed, meaning legally anyone can talk about it. Jeremiah Ritchie, UNM's lawyer, did not respond to requests for comment. UNM's Title IX coordinator, Heather Cohen, said UNM professors are protected under Title IX and are entitled to equal pay. UNM is in direct violation of their own policies, she said. What does the future of this case look like? When I talked with the professor's lawyer, David Plotsky, he said this case could take between two and five years to resolve. Right now, the professors are waiting to find out if the court will accept the case. If the case is accepted, then the judge will also decide if this is a class action lawsuit. If it becomes a class action lawsuit, the professors will represent the other women who receive letters from the EEOC. Well, thank you very much, Megan. Check out the full story on dailylobo.com and we'll keep you updated as the story emerges. Coming up, we have some news in athletics. Danielle, what's going on? The months of waiting may be over next Thursday when the Department of Athletics and President Garnett Stokes will jointly present their plan to the University Board of Regents for approval. This plan will most likely cut at least one sport from the University 22 sponsored sports. The plan is to aid in cutting the deficit by $1.9 million in the next two years. Men's soccer has been mentioned frequently as being a likely candidate to get cut. 
Sports editor Robert Mailer sat down with the Lobo men's soccer team head coach Jeremy Fishbein last week to discuss the future of the program. Instead of just saying we're being impactful on you know, 26 to 30 guys, however many on our team on a given year, we have a direct impact on thousands and thousands of kids every year across the state in terms of uh, promoting you know, a message of the importance of academics, and the importance of uh, being good community members, you know, health, diet, um, all the things that allow people to be successful. It's, it's, you know, I don't think you can justify having collegiate athletics if all, all you do is gauge that upon impacting the athletes. There's no way in this day and age with the expense of athletics, you have to look at the impact on the state. And, uh, you know, soccer is the number one participation sport in New Mexico. You know, it's, uh, it's not just a game, it's a way of life to so many people. You flutter our inboxes and, you know, you're, you're making a real strong push to make others aware and the regions aware how important soccer is. Uh, you talked about some of the reasons, but, but t- tell me a little bit more about why. You have to be proactive. You can't, you can't be in a situation like skiing was. You, 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 that, that's not going to happen. Not very often. And we have to make it clear that uh, this shouldn't be something that's even being discussed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm really kind of embarrassed that it's even, that it's out there. That's, that's our mission as an educational institution is, is to, to make our state better, to be impactful. And I know our program does that in so many ways. So. Thank you, Michaela. We here at the Daily Lobo don't just podcast, make videos, and write articles. We also create playlists. Our culture editor, Sheila Kunico, is here to tell you a little bit about them. Every month, me and Colton put together um, a list of songs that we just enjoyed from that month, and it goes anywhere from, like, hip-hop to R&B to, like, indie music. Okay. Well, what are some of your favorite songs right now? Oh. (laughs) Um, We did have some Drake on the playlist. We have some Florence and the Machine. They normally consist of about, like, 10 songs, and then they get added to our playlist for the best songs of 2018. That does it for this week's podcast. I'd like to thank Megan Holman, Michaela Grijalva, Sheila Kunico, and Daniel Prokop. A special thank you to Cumulus Studios for letting us use their equipment. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.